Bible to the book of Mark. Woo! Praise the Lord. Chapter 11. Hallelujah. We're talking about ministering on um, becoming an always answered asker. And you know that's important. The world is full of just people that are asking but not really receiving. Maybe you've been one of those. Maybe you are currently not confident about prayers that you ask or prayers that you say of what the outcome would be, but that's not the Bible pattern. God wants you to ask, and He wants you to have what you ask 100% of the time. Would you say that with me? 100%. He wants every prayer you pray to get an answer. That's how Jesus prayed. He said so. He said, Lord, I thank you. You always hear me. You always hear me. And so we need to be along those same lines. It may be that we'll have to quit praying some things. We'll have to quit just throwing stuff out there. But he prayed accurately and prayed in such a way that the Father could answer him every single time. Last week we looked at this same thing and looked about attitudes and thinking processes concerning getting our prayers answered. Getting ourselves lined up, as it were, to think according to miracle living. How many of y'all know God wants you to live in miracle living? The reason people struggle is because they don't tap over into the miracle living. If you just live in this life, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a trouble. So we're supposed to not live in this world. We're supposed to live in this world, but we're supposed to live above this world. And that means we've got to tap into miracle living. Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever ye desire, if you look in the Greek there, that word also that's translated desire can also be translated ask. What things soever ye ask, we could say. Whatsoever things ye ask when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Now that's just pretty carte blanche, isn't it? That's broad as a barn. That's wide as an ocean. That's, a, that's saying whatever things you ask when you pray, if you can believe that you receive them, he said you can have them. So it's important for us to be an always answered asker. The Living Bible here is, is real graphic. It says, listen to me. You can pray for anything, and if you believe, you have it. It's yours. Now, these are, these are promises that are so broad that we can hardly believe them. We can hardly believe them. We, we wouldn't invoke that at all to say, well, Lord, anything you would ask. Uh, it's a problem. It's a situation. It's a challenge to the church to believe God's word that what he said is absolutely the truth every time. And most of it has been just somebody else's experience. Someone's prayed wrong. Someone's asked wrong. And so we've just discounted everything that's out there. Uh, the problem is that it's not so hard for us to believe God could give us something. It's, uh, the problem is to see if he would give us. We've been disqualified for all these years in our own hearts and on our own minds. Disqualified. Just a poor old sinner. Just, you know, just, just not good enough. Don't have the faith. Am I touching anybody this morning? Just saying, God, I know you could, but would you? And the whole thing, now this is what we're going to talk about going to being an always answered asker, is we've got to establish the integrity of God's word. We've got to establish this. Before we can go into anything else, before we can talk about anything about how God wants to get it to you, you've got to have this thing right here down in your life. You gotta, you gotta know that this isn't just a book. This isn't just mostly right. You don't, you gotta know this isn't just, just Paul speaking or just whatever. You gotta know this is God's word and that he backs it with all of heaven. There is no, there is no increase. There's no other taking a step until you have this down. Part of the problem in America and I, I guess all over the world is that men don't even believe their own words. 
So how could they possibly believe God's? They, they can't even keep their own word, can't even say, this is what I'll do, and then follow through. The word says that you ought to keep your word even to your hurt. Amen? Well, God does. I said he's got, he's got his word on the line, and uh, his integrity is the same as him. His word is the same as him. And so if you can believe God's, if you can believe God, then you can believe God's word. And if you can believe God, if you can believe his word, then you have God. So the whole secret, really the whole secret boiled down is, is what are we going to do to believe this? And Debbie taught something at healing school one time along these very lines, and it was so good. And we look out there and say, well, why don't people have more miracles? Why are not, isn't there miracle living in their life? One reason we looked at was simply that they don't know how to ask. It's just like, well, God, you know I've been good, or God, you know I'll, I'll do better, or God, if you'll just give me this one thing, I won't ask you anymore, or Lord, if you'll give it to me, I'll give you this. They don't know how to ask God for a miracle. Secondly, they don't know that God wants to perform miracles, have miracle living in your life, and he wants to do it uh, where you can expect it, where you can plan for it, and where you can expect it. See, Christians have had this thing that, God, hey, that's God's business. If he wants me to have one, it's on his side, and you just never know when God's going to pop in. Usually at the zero hour. You all know about the zero hour. You know, if God's going to do something, it's always going to be the zero hour. And, and so they don't know that you can exactly, you can plan for a miracle and you can expect a miracle. Now, this is blasphemy to a lot of people. I mean heresy to the max, just to say you can demand a miracle from God. Oh, my. And the third thing we looked at why people don't receive miracles is that miracles come, but they don't come in the form that they expected. Why the Messiah came and the whole Jewish nation never saw it. The greatest thing that the, the, the whole Old Testament was, uh, was based on, I'm going to tell you about what's coming, the good news is coming, and it happened and they never even knew it. And so a lot of times miracles come and they come in a form that we didn't expect. They come by natural means, seemingly natural means, and we attribute them to being luck or coincidence or happenstance or it would have happened anyway and whatever. And so we don't live in miracle living because of that. Amen. Well, why don't miracles come? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not because you don't have enough faith. We've always thought, well, I just didn't have enough faith. And the reason is, is we looked in the Gospels and we looked at Jesus speaking to men and, and saying, oh, ye of little faith. Or looked to Peter who sank in the waves and said, uh, 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 what did he say, uh, you of little faith or something like that. We've looked at those things and we've measured men's faith by what Jesus said to men. Great faith, little faith, small faith, whatever. But see, those scriptures have nothing to do with you and me. The way you interpret the Bible is you find out who's speaking and who they're speaking to. Jesus was speaking to unborn again, unregenerated men who had natural human faith. The woman with the issue of blood had natural human faith. When Jesus said, your faith has made you whole, it's because she had heard about Jesus and she stirred it up in her natural heart and she, she believed him. But she did not have what we have. We have what Jesus called the God kind of faith. Look there in, 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 in verse 22. There in verse 22, Jesus answering, speaking to them about the fig tree that withered away, he said, have faith in God, or literally the Greek says, have the God kind of faith. Well, he, he, he couldn't tell these guys. I mean, he was telling these guys this is what's coming, but they didn't have the God kind of faith. Mm -hmm. And that's why in verse 23, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, uh, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, 
but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, he was telling those guys, said, if you don't doubt in your heart, you can speak to the mountain. But see, my heart's not the same as those guys' heart. How about you? They weren't born again. They, they had an unregenerated heart. Righteousness came on them, but it wasn't in them. They could take it off like a cloak or put it on based on what they did. And, uh, but that's not me. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have the peace of God that passes understanding. Do y'all have the peace of God inside? What about the love of God? Romans says it's shed abroad in your heart. The love of God is shed abroad. It's in there. And so uh, I don't have natural human faith. I don't have the same disciple kind of faith. I have the God kind of faith. Do you have the God kind of faith? You do if you're born again this morning. So miracle living isn't discounted because you don't have enough faith. Now, obviously, we have a mind. We have the mind of Christ down here, but we have a mind that that's, can be stubborn and willful and traditional and, and uh, full of bitterness and hatred. It, it can operate up here, and it can be at imminent, at in. It can be a foe against your faith. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, Galatians uh, chapter 2 says this. It says that, uh, that uh, says the, Paul says, the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So what kind of faith did he have? Well, Paul's in our caliber. He's in our class. He's in our dimension. He was born again. I'm born again. You're born again. So I have the faith of God inside of me. So miracle living isn't discounted because I don't have faith. Say, I have faith. I have, faith. I have enough faith have enough for miracle living. See, so you do. So it's just a matter of, of looking to it, accessing it, bringing it forth. You're not trying to get more faith. Well, pastor, you know, Romans says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. If you look in Romans 10, 10, you'll see that word cometh is in italics. It could be cometh. But more appropriately or more uh, in line with the rest of the word, it means inspired or arises or is, is turned on by hearing and hearing by the word. You've already got the faith of the Son of God inside of you, but it's activated by hearing and hearing by the word. If it's not so, then what you've got to do is you've got to hear the word, hear the word, hear the word, and you get over into works. You get over into things that says, well, I got a big project coming up. I need to hear the word. You do, but it's not to get more faith. It's to stir up the faith that's already in you. You got it. We're made in the class of Jesus. He, as he is, so are we in this world. We're in, the, we're in the Jesus class of creation. He was the firstborn among many brethren. He was first, but we're in that same class. Amen. So we've got to know that. We've got to understand that, that we are not failing to have miracle living because we don't have enough faith. And another thing is, is in Romans, you know, because we sometimes uh, we disqualify ourselves saying, well, I, I messed up and I didn't do right. And so God's withholding. Romans 2, 4 says, don't you understand? Don't you guys get it that it's the goodness of God that causes you to turn around, that causes you to come up? that causes you to live better, that causes you to fall in love, that causes you to leave those old carnal ways. It's the love of God. God's not whacking anybody. He's not mad. He's not withholding. He's not withholding. Not one miracle that he say, you know, if I give it to him, it'll ruin him. He doesn't think that way. <laughs> oh, if I give them just everything they ask for, everything they need, it'll just turn them inside out. It does turn some people wrong for a season. But the end of that, the end of that always comes back. You know it does. It ruins people for a season, but it always turns into a place where they go, you know, this isn't satisfying me. This isn't what I wanted. And they'll always make the loop back and they'll come back and do it God's way. 
I know God's grace uh, is, is people don't like uh, grace because it just lets people do what they want to and, and everything and just come back without retribution. But, you know, they do come back. I said we do come back. You know, we, it does cause us, our flesh, to have a little vacation. We think we're getting away with something. But after a while, that empty spot in there stays empty. Those things are, are temporal and fleeting. They don't mean anything. The relationships and the, and the relationship, uh, the, the, the things that we do with God and people, it's hollow. And so we come back and say, Lord, I want, I want to do it your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn with me to John chapter 14. We're talking about receiving miracles today and the integrity of God's word. And how we must attribute absolute veracity, absolute truth, absolute integrity, absolute honor to God's word. I know there's scholars, there's so-called scholars that have taken this apart and said, well, the original said this. And, you know, you look at the Latin here and, and you know, there's critics of the word of God being the word of God. But I just believe God's big enough and he started soon enough and was able to overcome every challenge that we have the word of God right now. I believe it's true. How about you? We had a pastor one time when I was in the Baptist church, you know, and, and, and he, he was hard on that Mark chapter 16. These signs shall follow them believe. And uh, sure enough, it's not included in every manuscript in the, in the end, uh, in the beginning. It wasn't there. And so, you know, speaking with new tongues was hard on him. He really liked that part that says, you know, uh, uh, go y'all into the world and all that sort of stuff. He, he liked that part, but there's always a part there they don't like. And so we're looking for a way. And I tell you, the word's true. The word's true. It just won't mess you up. In John chapter 14, verse 14. Listen to this. Look at this. Let's read it together. I'm in the King James. You do the best you can. Verse 14. Ready? Read. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, you know, that's what the Bible says. If you ask anything in my name, Jesus said, I'll just do it. Well, you know what another translation would say? The same thing. You just can't get around it. It's not like, well, well what about this? That's what it means. Look in chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus, just right here, he says, if you abide in me, if you remain, if you, if you stay close, if you are cognizant of my presence, we looked at last week how you got to be aware of God's presence. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, what ye will, what I will, what the man that's asking wills. Did y'all get that? <laughs> and it shall be done unto you. Man, that's broad. Oh, God, how could it be? Lord, don't do that. Don't do that. There's people out there that'll take advantage of that. There's people out there that'll ask for anything. They'll have Cadillac faith. They'll have, you know, they'll just go bonko. Lord, this can't be true because people will abuse this. Well, he qualified it, abiding in me. My word's abiding in you. Hallelujah. So we got to be aware of, of his words, the veracity, the truthfulness, the, the integrity of his word abiding in us that whatever we ask will be according to that word and it'll be anything the word allows. I want to tell you all this morning, you never had as much fun. You've never even fantasized about how much fun you could have and it was better than what God promised. There is no sin, no sinful lifestyle, no getting away from God. I just need a break, but I'll come back. There's nothing you could go and do that you'd say, you know, that really was more fun than God. If you ever thought it, you just were uninformed. God is fun, y'all. And I'll tell you the second song, verse to that song is God's people are fun. We're the funnest folks you'll ever find. Oh, help me, Lord. Praise God. Well, you just don't know us. To know us is to love us. Amen. 
The fact is, is God here, Father, is ready to be asked. He's wanting somebody that'll step up and ask. He's wanting somebody that'll just try this out and say, you know, I'm going to try that out. Well, I just don't know. I wouldn't want to be disappointed. What if he didn't come through? What, what if it didn't happen? Well, it's not the asking or it's not God's side that's, that's messed up. It's the receiving that's a little bit tainted sometimes. It's on our side that we would have to receive God and what he gives on his terms. Say his terms. See, now that's the thing. You get kids, you get children that want to leave. They, you know, they, they want to drive the car. Dad, can I have the car? I got this, I got this girlfriend we want to go. Well, can I have the car? Can I, ha can I have this and can I have that? Can we do this? Well, it's going to be terms. You just don't throw them the keys and just say, you know, whatever. I hope you don't anyway. You know, I hope you don't, you know, you get a new shotgun to go hunting and, 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 and your 12-year-old comes in and said, Dad, can I go take the gun in the backyard and play with my friends? I hope that's not what you do. I hope there's terms here. And God has terms. He is free, but he has terms. Oh, yeah, we're fixing to get it. The terms are going to be so, so demanding and so constraining. Nobody could live to his terms. Term number one, he's not revealing himself in the sense realm. That's term number one. If you can abide by that, that God's not giving out fleeces, that he's not speaking to you in your flesh, that he's not opening doors and closing doors as a way to talk to you, if you can understand and live by the terms that God is not revealing himself in the sense realm, then you can have Miracle living. It's not Old Testament. That God had to do with them like we as parents have to do with our children. To do with your children, to raise them, you have to affect their physical realm. <laughs> they don't understand reasoning. Well, now, Johnny, we're going to, you know, the reason we're doing this, it hurts us, but we, the reason we do this, you can't just say, ah, let's pray, Johnny, let's pray. Get in the spirit here. No, then none of that's happening. You have to lay the wood. You have, to, you have to lay the wood into them and, and, and you have to affect the physical realm. God's not affecting your physical realm. He's not ministering to you by trouble. He's not helping you through calamity by, by uh, holding back, withholding. He's not, he's not ministering to us in the physical realm. But that's his terms. Well, I want it different. Well, that's his terms. You want the supernatural? You have to have it according to God's terms. He's a spirit being. You're a spirit being. He's relating to you as a father does to a son. He's in the spirit. Oh, well, rats, I thought I was going to get something here, but I can't get in the spirit. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That just simply means this, that everything you know about God must come from his word. Now, I just said something real spiritual there, y'all. To know God in the Spirit is the, when you know that everything you know about Him must come from His Word. How many of y'all could do that? We could do that, couldn't we? To have miracle living, you have to live by faith. And living by faith simply means this, that you believe and you act on the Word. The Word and only the Word. You believe and you respond according to the word, you're on your way to miracle living. You also have to understand who you are in Christ Jesus. Because every time you go to act on the word, the devil will tell you, you are a worm. You are a worm. You are, you cannot, God would not look what you've done, look what you've said, look what's in your past, and he'll bring the worm mentality to you. 
He, he will tell you, you cannot have it. God would give it, but you can't have it. So you have to know who you are in Christ Jesus, don't you? We need to know who we are. It, it offends people to, 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 to tell them who we are. Religion hates to know when you and I say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That blows them away. It's like, what? And surely, according to the old covenant, where you had to obey the law and never mess up, it's so. But he gave it to us by grace. And faith just calls it in, says, well, you know, bless God, I did mess up. Matter of fact, today I've messed up. But I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm filled with the faith of God. I walk by the love of God. I have the mind of Christ. I, I have the peace of God that passes understanding. I'm the head and not the tail. He loves me, loves me, loves me. See, it takes faith to do that. And so you have to say everything I know about God has to go, has to come from the word. I can know nothing that I don't know by the word of God. If you can't back it, you can't have it. Amen. And then the third thing, you, you just miracle living involves the name of Jesus. You got to have the, the authority of the believer, don't you? You got to know that the power of attorney that Jesus gave for us on the cross, he, it, it's valid. It affects the kingdom of heaven. It affects the kingdom of hell. It affects every realm, the name of Jesus. That's it. That's the rules for asking right here. This is the rules for miracle living is just to uh, is to know that you don't know anything except from the word to know that uh, who you are in Christ Jesus and to know the name of Jesus is the key that unlocks every door. Now, that's not hard, y'all. You can have you can be an always answered asker if you have those three things. Say that's easy. That's easy. It is. It's so easy. Well, you know, you just got to be, you, you just got to do right all the time. If you mess up, it messes that up. No. You do have to do some things when you mess up. You just, you just turn from it. You just get your heart back on say, God, you know, I did mess up. Didn't even know it at the time, but here I am. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. You just, you just, it's just normal stuff like you would treat another human being. You know, just like you would do down here, you just do towards God. It's just right. When you, when you, when you say something ugly or say something that's hurtful, you just, you just make it right. And you just make it right with God. Lord, that was wrong, but I'm making it right. Your word says, and we just go from there. Amen. Well, the problem is, if there's a problem, and we're always working on problems, is that pe people tend to separate God from his word. They have the personality God over here, that he's got whims and emotions. He's got uh, seasons and times based on what he's been looking at us do. And then we have his word over here, which is, uh, you know, hard to understand and, and, you know, get around all them rules and regulations. And, you know, I just don't just don't know what to do. We have those things and people tend to go by the personality. They, they we're used to begging. We're used to, to enticing or entreating or, or charming or, or seducing or we're used to that in the world. Putting our best forward, foot forward is what we call it. Making our first impression. We're used to that. But in God, he's not interested in that. His word and his and his, him and his word are one. So if you know his word, you know him. And if you go to him with his word, you've gone to him. Isn't that good? So I know people, and I'm sure you've heard them that say, you know, uh, I know the Bible says this, but uh, what would God do? You know, people are always looking for the exception. It doesn't matter what rule you put up. It doesn't matter what you say. People are always looking for the exception. You go into parking lots and it's got the little stripes there that says, do not park here. You know, it's, it's, it's cordoned off. I've parked in them. 
Sure, I can fit in there. And if I don't, somebody else will. Sure, I'm not parking way down there when the spot's right here that'll fit. I do not park in handicaps. I do not. But I, you know, I get my truck and pull up on the curb and stuff like that. You know, I mean, this is Christmas. This is the season to be happy. And if I park down there, we all won't be happy. So, you know, and uh, you, you get people that park funny and, and all sorts of things. And I always watch the people that park in the handicap zone. I always just stop and watch to see if they can run faster than me. You know, I have this justice thing that says you ought to you, you ought to be pulling something in. You know, you ought to be. <laughs> I don't curse them, but I don't bless them. Hallelujah. Amen. But really, it bothers people to be, they think it's disrespectful to be specific with God. Why is that? Well, it's because God's God. God's sovereign. He can do anything He wants to, and if He wants me to have something, He can bless the Lord. He can just bring it into my life. And it's wrong for me to be some little kid up there just saying, God, I want it, I want it, I want it. But that's not it at all, is it? God wants you to be specific with Him. It's based on His Word. You know, Jesus had a lot of folks, we looked at them last week, that would ask Him, Excuse me. He would ask them, what do you want? The two blind men, you know, they're, they're blind. They've got on blind man's clothes. They're begging. And, and Jesus said, what do you want? And, it, and from this side, it seems so obvious. Well, this received their side. But I've talked to a lot of people. I've been in hospitals with church members. And you think that they're believing like I would be believing for the obvious thing. But lots of times it's not that at all. They're just trying to get out of there. God, I just don't want to die. Lord, if I if just get out of here without dying. Well, you know, that never occurred to me. So I'm believing for something, pulling on something for them that they're not even entertaining. And so we talk about the blind men, you know, that they could be believing for, for you know, I need a better, uh, I need a cane. Lord, I need a seeing eye dog. Lord, I need a book on Braille. Would you get me into the blind school? You know, all sorts of things that could be less than, than God's will. And lots of people, lots of people are not specific with God. And it just delights him to be specific. You know, if you're not specific, then when the answer comes, you'll call it luck. You will. You'll just say, or you'll say, it would have happened anyway. And God gets no glory. He wants you to be specific. Say, I can do that. And so uh, many people are waiting on God. And God is waiting on them to bring his word to him. Real good preaching, Pastor. I sure appreciate that. Hallelujah. I want to tell you all something this morning. The Word of God is the final authority of God. Period. And I know that seems obvious in this church, but I'm telling you, people have come up with revelations that supersede the Word of God. I've actually heard men myself say, I don't need this anymore. What I've got from God is bigger and better than that. I've actually heard it. I've heard people say they don't need the Bible anymore because they have a revelation. I've heard people say they had a dream. Well, the dream didn't line up with the Word of God. We were actually in a service where a woman got up and said, Praise God, praise God, I'm going to have a child this year and I don't need a man. How many of you all know? This, there's something woofy right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's the, her revelation, her dream, her visitation, her tradition. Your tradition is not bigger than the Word of God. It doesn't matter what scholars y'all have and how y'all dug it, you know, they dig into the Greek or get out the Hebrew or find another. It does not. The authority of God is his word. So dreams people have have to be subject to the word. Yes. Uh, Debbie's uh, rendition on, on heaven the other night. 
You know, everything, when you're listening to something that somebody says they've done or heard or seen, you always have to measure it by the word. You, you can't hear then a sermon that comes out of the word and say, well, that ain't right because I heard the other day a lady went to heaven and this is what happened. It's got to be the word. So your dream is subject. Your vision is subject to the word of God. You know, we have uh, apostles, so-called prophets in other uh, Mormon like that. They had a dream. They had a vision. They had some sort of visitation. And it's like, well, this doesn't line up with the word of God, so we'll just write us another word of God. We'll just write the Book of Mormon and we'll, we'll validate what we had and we'll supersede the Word of God and somehow say that they're together. Can't do that. God, he's only going to honor His Word. So you can't be an always answered asker unless you can go to Him based upon the Word. So what's the main priority in our life? Is to know and believe this Word. That's why we concentrate. That's why we focus on. That's why we prioritize the Word of God in this church. Because of all of our songs, all of our dances, all of our running, all of our, uh, all of our fellowship, all of the promises of God. It just doesn't mean anything. It all rests upon and stands upon this Word here. And so if you have all those visitations and all those uh, demonstrations and you don't have this, then you can't, you'll, you'll won't have your prayers answered. You won't have miracle living. And listen, the Bible says that hope deferred gets people frustrated. They just, and then the world looks at it and says, you, got, you, you guys are the miracle people. And, uh, and uh, y'all don't have anything. I, I was, we were talking the other night about a specific denomination, just not, not talking ugly, but just observing. And it, these are, this is an old line, spirit-filled denomination. And has believed in healing from the beginning. But we observe that they're the sickest people we know. Help me, Lord. That actually the people that really don't rely on healing, you know, God can if he wants to, probably have just as good a success. And that's not, it ought not to be that way. We ought to have what we know working in our lives, period. Well, Father has said this. I, I like what Kevin sings, and, and sometimes he, and we play that song, Your word is enough for me to believe. We ought to sing that sometime. Your word is enough for me to believe. Your word is enough for me to believe. We don't need a, fle a fleece. We don't need uh, a prophetic word. We just need his word. We don't even need symptoms to line up. Praise God, I got healed because this morning it went away. Or, or I feel better today, it must be healed. That's not it. Because you could have got up this morning and said, well, it's worse. It's twice as bad. Praise God, the word says I'm healed. You just got to live there if you want to live in miracle living. How many of y'all want to live in miracle living? You really just want to get over there with your one and only life before this thing shuts down. There's two avenues here. There's things that God wants to do. He wants you to think. He wants you to have what heaven has right now. He wants you to have what heaven has right now. The only obstacle is this head. If you can get this mind to think like the mind of Christ, you can have everything that have, heaven has except location. That going to heaven through the rapture, we're, we're going through the rapture, there will just be a change of location for us. We'll have days of heaven here on earth. Well, you know, there's no devil over there. Well, we have power over him here. There's no sickness and suffering over there. Well, we have power over sickness here. Well, streets of gold are over there. We'll never have trouble. Well, he's made us rich over here. Amen. So really, there's not that much difference when we get it God's way. Here's what Father's saying to his children, all of you. He's saying the word integrity. He's saying, I will do it. He will do it. 
He will do it. God is saying to you and I, I'll do it. Well, Lord, you didn't do it. I'll do it. Well, sister so-and-so, she believed you and she died. It doesn't matter. Well, she was a martyr. She suffered. She, she, she was a soul winner. She, uh, she taught Sunday school. She helped the pastor. She entertained the guest ministers. Lord, if there's anybody that should have got healed, it was her. It doesn't matter. God doesn't honor martyrdom. He doesn't honor suffering. You can do without. You can suffer without something. Be in pain. God doesn't want you to be in pain. But, you know, if you don't get the word lined up, he'll not let you substitute something else for the word. You got to get this, y'all. If you're going to leave out of this place, you got to understand, because that's what religion thinks, is that if I don't have to go through Jesus, I don't have to go through the word of God, there are other ways. If I suffer and am able to bear it, or if I do good and don't complain and just give my life, if I don't get married, or if I just whatever, and I do it for God, God will do something for me. It's not. You can be a drunk in the gutter, had 14 wives, and, you know, just uh, uh, dealt drugs and just shot three people. I mean, you can be the vilest and worstest person in the whole world and get saved, get born again, and you're a new creature in Christ, and your faith will move heaven and earth together. Or you can be a deacon that's just been on the committee that helped folks and loved people and just didn't win and just have a hard heart. Just, you know, just not be moved, not be by the word. And the heavens are brass to that person. We've got to get it straight here. You can't take your temperature with a bathroom scale. You just can't. And you just can't get to God with something less than faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Joshua 21, 45 says this. There failed not aught of any, is any good thing which the Lord had spoken into the house of Israel. All came to pass. Say all came to pass. Amen. Numbers 23, 19 says, Hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Wow. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. His Word and Him are the same. 1 Peter 1, 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, listen, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. The word outlasts everything. It's God speaking to you. Matthew chapter 8, there's a, para, there's a story there. And, and Jesus is uh, ministering to a man that has a, uh, I don't remember if it's his son or his, his uh, servant at home. But the, the man says, speak the word only and my, oh, I know what it is, and my servant shall be healed. Speak the word only. Well, don't we have to go? Don't we have to do? Don't we have to, you know, incant and, 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 and jump around and, and wail? And, no, just speak the word only. The word is bigger than anything. Jesus, the mother of, excuse me, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she in her visitation simply said, uh, she said, be it done unto me according to your word. And at that moment conceived the Son of God. Just by believing and acting on the Word of God. The Word of God is the highest authority. You'll never mess up. You'll never, you'll never be delayed if you're doing what you're doing based upon the Word of God. Psalm 138.2 talks about how God has magnified His Word even above His name. Now, how many of y'all know the name of God is very powerful? The Bible says if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Amen. The Bible says that, uh, uh, that the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and that the righteous run in and they're safe. But then he said, but my word 
is greater than even my name. Which implies that if God doesn't keep his word, then his name is not to be honored or revered. Wow. He put it on the line. He's not up there saying, I'm the biggest, and if you don't like it, if I want to change the rules and you don't like it, what are you going to do? He's just not that way. He said, I will keep my word or I will cease to exist. Him and his word are the one. If his word fails, then he's failed. Wow. Well, what about this? Your experience does not count. The experience is flawed. I knew somebody or I did it one time. It, you didn't qualify. You didn't line up. You didn't make the word, the, the, the authority that you were working with. Something failed. How many of y'all could look back five or ten years and say, you know, I didn't know Jack back then. I didn't know anything. I was an idiot in the things of God. Anybody back here besides me just would look back and say, you know, I don't know that much now. But back then, I thought I knew something. I was an idiot. I was stupid. And yet we base a lot of our experiences now, how God might have failed us or didn't do what he said, based upon what we were then. And those experiences have come into our future, into our present, trying to go into our future and trying to taint our boldness to just come to God boldly and just say, you said, and I believe, and that's the end of it. We just got to cut it off. We just got to say, I don't know anything except by the word of God. I don't have an experience. I don't have a, rem a memory. I don't have a dream. I don't have a tradition. I don't have anything except he said it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you take them. You shall have them. Always answered asking. Woo, what a church, what a, what, a, what a city this would be if we infected them with this, if we were a demonstration of this. How many would it take to turn the world upside down if we just got all of our prayers answered? I'm a lot more excited about this than you are, but it, it's like a little forest fire. It, the match is little, but it burns everything by the time it gets to the end. So hallelujah. I know it's going... 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to finish with this. See, I have to go a little bit longer because even though things were taken up, if I let those things set the agenda, well, then, I'm, then the word's not the main thing here. So how can you think like that? Oh, trust me, I can. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5. Just want to put this thought into your heart before we, before we finish this morning. Verse 14. Well, verse 13 says, These things I have written unto you that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now look at this right here that ye may know that ye have eternal life, that ye may know that ye have zoe, actually the life of the eternal, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence. So that word and there has to go back up to verse 13 and talk about knowing that you have eternal life. You can't have a confidence until you know you have eternal life. I'm not talking about just being saved. I'm talking about knowing that the greater one's in me at full strength. Whatever's working out here, whatever trouble's out here, whatever thing I've been through, he's full strength in here. Amen? So he said, you'll have a confidence, what he's fixing to tell us, you'll have a confidence to the same degree that you know that you have the life of the eternal. And then he says in verse 14, and this is the confidence or the faith that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions 
we desired of him. Now, just, just look at this right here. This is answered asking, always answered asking. He hears, he only hears according to his will being spoken. He cannot hear except his will being spoken. Isn't that what he says right there? That's what he says, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So he heareth us not if we don't ask according to his will. So people that don't have, that, that the prayers didn't get answered because they prayed not according to his will, he never heard them. It wasn't like he stamped them. No, they never got to the mailroom. They never got to the front desk. They never got to the, to, the, to the hearing of God. He only hears things according to his will. Only. Say only. That's it. It's narrow. See, you got the rules, the rules of asking here. He only hears. And then he says here that he grants only according to what he can hear. So if he didn't hear it, it can't get granted. And then lastly, his will is his word. Say that with me. His will is his word. So the way to get your prayers always answered, to be an always answered asker, is to pray or ask his word. So sometimes people say, Lord, I'm believing you for a job down at uh, ABC. Lord, I could make $12 an hour down there and ABC would be so cool. I'm believing you for that. Well, what goes to heaven? What does God hear about you getting a job down at ABC? Well, he's never said in there, thou shalt work at ABC, Hezekiah 710. It's not in there. It's not in there, y'all. Well, what will he hear? I delight in pro the prosperity of my servant. I have made him rich. He'll hear that. And so he'll prosper whatever you put your hand to. He'll hear that. But he doesn't hear that ABC down there where, you know, I can, and there's a sweetie down there that's a receptionist, and I sure would like to work down there. Now, if you're married, you're not even thinking about that, but I'm talking, we're talking about here in other terms. So we, what we've got to do is we've got to get specific, but even in specific, we've got to stay on the word. Now, if he does tell you, I mean, you get this up in your heart where his word becomes spoken. We'll talk about this another time. This is, this is undeniable. This is irrefutable. This is solid. But he can. And he will speak into your heart what's called in the Bible a rhema word or a spoken word. He'll rise up inside of you and he'll say, he'll say this, believe me for this. And he'll tell you what the this is. Now, it's, not, it's subject to, to reproof. It's subject, of course, to this. It can't be against this. It can't be like, well, sort of, he could bend it a little. It's going to flow and go. It's going it's to be like an egg in a robin's nest. It's just going to fit right there. Amen. It's not going to be an ostrich thing in a, in a wren's nest. It's going to fit. It's going to be lovely. It's going to fit. But then, and you can start saying, Lord, I think I believe, I believe you right now for a car. We, that's something specific that's been in our lives before where he said, believe me for this and told us the date to do it. Or, and other things, other things he's told us, believe me. But he, we were asking him how to pray and he was telling us and he gave us his word. We spoke his word back to him and he brought his word to pass. But see, you've got to start out with this. You've got to start out with this. A lot of people want to start out with, you know, dreams and, you know, all sorts of funky stuff. You've got to be start out with this. By his stripes, ye were healed. Boy, that's just it right there. Well, I have a special case. No, you're healed. Well, you know, it's hereditary. We all have it. No, you're healed. 
Well, I, I, I ate bad. I smoked bad. I drank bad. I, I, you know, I was in the, I was in the Korean War or whatever, and I got under Agent, Agent Green or whatever. No, by his stripes, you were healed. Amen. How many of y'all want to be an always answered asker? Well, you know, we're going to be. We already are, but we're going to get some details on it. We're going to work this, and we're going to have success in everything we put our hand to. It is God's will. And in these days, and in these days, we got to have it. We can't be just kicking something around, hoping and praying. We got to have it. And you know, it's going to make us real specific about our prayers. Did you know you got to pray about what you pray about? Did you know you got to spend time meditating about what you're going to meditate about? You got to say, Lord, this is what we need, apparently. Lord, how do I even ask you for it? Because you're just going to answer the, the right question. And you start praying it out. Lord, tell me how to ask you. Lord, where's the scripture? Lord, what's accurate? What's, what's on your heart? Because as soon as you get that, you can throw it back to him. And he said, I got that. I already made that. I already sent that ahead three years ago. This church right here was sent ahead. It was sent ahead. This property right here was sent ahead. And when we started offering up prayers, saying, God, this is what we need, we didn't say, Lord, we want something. Well, actually, we, I did. I started talking to him about stuff in the middle of town. Lord, this is what I want. But, you know, he didn't fall for it. But he had sent this ahead. He sent this property ahead. He sent you ahead. We're joined together. We're joined together. We're not just here like whatever. Go to church wherever you want to. You're sent here. You're a called out one. You're a sent ahead one. We're sent here. And so we just get on his wavelength and he said, you know, I've already done that. I've already taken care of that. And you'll always have your prayers answered when it's along those lines. Accurate, specific, and on time. Amen. Nothing's more exciting to a believer than to get heaven involved in their life. Let's stand up this morning. It is 12.00. Praise God.